0: All right, welcome to Jet JetCentra, folks. It's the Winnipeg Free Press podcast about the Jets, sports, and etc. I'm your host, sports editor Steve Lines, and I'm joined as usual by sports columnist Mike McIntyre. Hi there, Mike. It's the morning after, Steve. That's a bright red shirt. You just is. got the Tiger Woods. I got Woods my Tiger one. Woods,
1: my Sunday, uh, my Sunday best.
0: Yeah. Right on, good for you. Going for a green So um, this is episode 67. I just cringed I know (laughs) we've tried to record this episode a few times now folks last week we tried to record it like four times I think and we had all kinds of technical difficulties and so you never did get to hear all the great stuff we said last week I think Mike and I both wrote about it in our newsletters uh, if any of you read those or listen to this for that matter (laughs) (laughs) hello is anybody out there um so it's the frank rigney slash michael Froleek episode michael <laughs> fleek
1: who's on the team that just beat the jets although he didn't play he didn't play though did he no he's in the they're deep they're deep he's I, a, I like michael for and he's an extra he's a healthy scratch he's a healthy
0: scratch so um i thought i originally we were just doing the frank rigney episode but that wasn't working so i thought i'd throw <laughs> in for mike and then um that might help us get this recorded sure. I'm looking at the thing. It looks like it's recording. Number so, 60. If you're into numerology,
1: 67. Logan Stanley is six foot seven, and he scored both goals for the Winnipeg Jets last night. Okay. I don't know what that means.
0: I didn't realize that there was an intersection, Logan and Stanley. There is, yeah. because
1: somebody actually <laughs> tweeted. It was a funny tweet last night. said, forget Portage and Main. Yeah. Let's meet at the corner of Logan, Logan and, and Stanley. Stanley I, I thought know. that was funny.
0: That was good, yeah. That's, <laughs> where is this, Stanley?
1: Uh, well, Logan. I know where logan is obviously. yeah stanley it's kind of in like the weston area there stanley i believe okay right uh, it's it's yeah it's kind of by natural bakery okay where i'm gonna go right after we record this. Bike by there sometimes. Yeah. okay
0: so today we're going to chat about the jets getting swept by the montreal canadians then we'll talk a little bit more about the jets getting swept by the montreal canadians and then a little bit more about the jets getting swept by the montreal canadians <laughs> <laughs> And then this podcast about the Jets getting swept (laughs) by
1: the Canadians may last longer than the (laughs) Jets lasted against the Canadians.
0: That went by fast, and now we're going to talk about what's now for us. What's what's what now for us here in the toy department? Vacation.
1: In in fact, Steve, it went so fast that when we first tried to record episode sixty-seven, Winnipeg and Montreal hadn't played a game yet. That was. Oh yeah, that was last Wednesday. That's right. It was last Wednesday. No, we
0: we did it on the Tuesday. Or Tuesday, right? In advance of the game, but we never did it. So yeah, you're right. The then series we did has it not started after we tried to last it. Yeah. Oh <laughs> my, my God! Really? Linked so, and you miss it. So since our last episode, sixty six, <laughs> which was whatever, the fourteen years ago, um, <laughs> this series has started and ended. And ended. Yeah. So last night, um, what day is it today? Tuesday. Monday night. Uh, the Jets lost in overtime, three two, to Montreal, uh, getting swept for nothing in the series. Um, people are shocked. They're surprised. I guess we should be. I mean, considering that the Jets swept the Oilers, and then now have been swept by the Habs, um, that's kind of a surprise. Um, what I will say though is that there's a lot of there's a lot of talk about how badly the Jets played, and they did play badly. But Montreal Canadiens played really oh, well. Yeah. They're, and well, they're a really good team. And I'm just going to note here that I did pick the Montreal Canadiens to win this division way back in whenever this season started. Right. When was
1: that, anyways? They did finish fourth. Uh, they but, did,
0: but they won the
1: division. Which is the ultimate. Right, they're going to... I'm claiming na- t- t- it. Never mind. Did they get a banner? They should get a banner. A banner. Like North Division champion? Do you get a banner for your rink?
0: Why are we calling it the North Division again by the way? I don't know. We vowed to never do it. And, and I, we've been doing that I in know, our stories lately.
1: Because here's here's why for me personally, I didn't like using the term all Canadian division when I was also talking about the Canadians. Like, oh, it, it yeah. It became I guess. almost too much to sometimes use. Like all right,
0: so that's over now.
1: We didn't call it the Scotia Bank North Division Thank by the God way. God for that.
0: Yeah. So anyways, they're a good team. They got they have a lot of good players. They have like Mike, they have four Count them, I think, four Hall of Fame players. Two of them play on their fourth <laughs> the line, line, Eric and Corey Perry.
1: I don't care. They can call it the fourth line. That is the best fourth line in hockey. That's one of the in best the fourth lines country. in history. Exactly. Come on. But, Steve, is it still a fourth line when it leads your team in scoring? Well, Those three have the most combined points of any of their I guess lines. it would go by ice time or whatever. Right, I mean, right.
0: they've, they've got a really deep team. I need this Kockiamy.
1: Yes, Barry Kockiamy. Got it. Yeah.
0: He's the third line center. He is. Second line center is Nick Suzuki. Nick Suzuki. The first it, line it center, I guess, is Philip Deneau.
1: Did you know the Jets could have had Nick Suzuki? How? The Jets, by, by making a deal with Vegas, this is a fun little story that people may not be aware of. Let's go back to the last expansion draft. Vegas is coming in. The Jets right. uh, protect Truba, Myers, and Bufflin and they can't protect Toby Enstrom and they don't want to lose Toby Enstrom. So they make a side deal with the Vegas Golden Knights that says, you don't touch, we're going to leave Toby Enstrom unprotected, but you're not going to take him in exchange. We're going to give you, we're going to switch our first round draft picks. You get our 12th overall, I think, and we'll take your 20, whatever, okay. which is who they took Christian Veselainen with and we'll give you Chris Thorburn, but basically it was a swap of first round picks. Who did the Vegas Golden Knights take with Winnipeg's pick that year? Nick Suzuki. And they traded him? The they trail. traded him for Max Pacioretty. Oh, Nick nice Suzuki deal for both teams. It was a good yeah. deal for both teams. Yeah. And um, we may see them actually go head-to-head in round yeah. three now. Yeah. Uh, but Nick Suzuki, if the Jets would have picked, if the Jets would have followed the script that Vegas did, at the, I think it was 12th overall, right. they would have had Nick Suzuki, who would look pretty good, wouldn't he? As a second-line center? Uh, sure, would yeah. Would take okay. him over Pierre-Luc Dubois? No.
0: We'll get to that later, okay. but anyways, um, yeah, like, no.
1: The lesson is buyer beware as the Jets head into another expansion draft that making a side deal sometimes can, I mean, in in retrospect, they only got Toby Enster for one more year, then they didn't re-sign him and he, he went back to Sweden. Like, they should have let him go. I guess.
0: I, he, I, I was a big fan of Enster. So back to the Canadians. Good team. Yes. Playing really well they've won seven in a row here now. They've got a really good game plan. They stick to it. They've got a lot of good players. They've got, you know, a Hall of Fame goaltender. Listen, Connor Halibut's a great goalie, but I don't think he's a Hall of Fame goalie yet. Could be, maybe. Right. Carey Price is a Hall of Fame goalie and showed it. And so I'm not surprised. Except like, when Logan
1: Stanley was shooting on him. Yeah, exactly. Like,
0: I felt right off the hop that as soon as Montreal beat Toronto, the Jets were done. Like I thought they, the Jets had a way better chance against Toronto. Yeah,
1: you remember um, you telling me that
0: for listen, sure. Listen, the and, Jets got whacked a couple times good by Montreal, at least one time, right? Seven to one. Seven to one. In the regular and then, season. then they, and they got lucky a few other times. Yeah, they, they beat them six overtime. out of nine, but
1: three of those were in three on three overtime. Yeah, so it was yeah. really three, three, and three. Um, Anyways, they're done. How much do you think that nine-day break hurt the jets
0: well um so okay so here's here's my take on it if you want to know how this series went why it went the way it went it all went the way it went because of the march eifley yet yeah Uh, absolutely it changed the entire series mike i mean come on like okay so the jets came out rusty in game one right but they, you know, they started to get their legs or whatever, and they right. narrowed the score twice, and then, and then they actually had some offense going. They did they three they, times. some real pressure in the yeah. third period. I thought they played a really good they third did. period against in game one. And it was just one game, so who cares? Exactly. Okay. So then I think if that hit doesn't happen, mm-hmm. and all of the and all of the stuff that went around it, the Jets win game two, right? For sure. Yeah. I, I mean, nothing's for sure, but it all of it, all of it that was surrounding it. Just took the wind out of their sails. Yeah, and galvanized and Montreal. It did, and then and then and then the line juggling that <laughs> followed that, like oh my god, like so. Game two, they tried a bunch of different lines. All and, four lines
1: changed in game two. All of them, and then and, then, tech- and then and then they didn't stick
0: with that. Like, oh. and they abandoned it so quickly, and then it just became they were chasing. I don't know what they were. Doing. They were chasing the game. They were chasing their lines. They were chasing everything from that point on. And so, yeah, like if Paul you... Maurice's
1: running of the bench reminded me at times of when I coached minor hockey all those years, and I'd have an odd number of kids, and it was just the next three at the end of the bench you just send out as a line, and okay, you guys go, <laughs> you guys and then next up. three up, you guys, and you'd have kids cutting each other and stuff, and nobody knew like am my left wing or am my right wing or yeah, it was chaos. I mean, Pierre-Luc Dubois last night literally played on every line, like they moved him everywhere. Um, and for sure, I mean, not only did it galvanize Montreal, the Jets kind of poked the bear. How about
0: the guy that came in for Jake Evans? I was Evans? just going to say,
1: Arturi Lekkonen. Wow. There's another name. Arturi Lekkonen. So so Here's the guy, healthy scratch in game one, so he's probably not playing unless Jake Evans gets blown up. Exactly. He sets up Tyler Tafoli's <laughs> game winner in game two. He scores the game winner in game three. And he scores the second goal in Game Four yeah, so, to put them. So yeah, the, so the, what changed the series? Hello, <laughs> right. I mean, so it wasn't just what the Jets lost in Shifley; it's maybe what they All of it. allowed Montreal to so gain. So much and, of it, yeah.
0: it just had such a huge effect on the series. And then so, and then they just could never get going again. They just, no. it, it, you know, and Montreal was rolling as it was, and so the Jets were starting to roll in that third period of Game right. One. And I think they would have carried that over into game two, but then they had nothing in game two. Steve, they is were... it good
1: when you get uh, ten power plays in a series and you don't score any goals, but you give up three shorthanded wow. goals? So that, that's probably no. not very good, right? Yeah, one of them was one in was in an empty gap. Yeah, but, but still, when you that. get outscored even two nothing on your power play in a whole series, plus give up three power play goals. The Jets, other than goaltending, the Jets didn't get a lot from from really any area.
0: All right, folks, we're back for the second period of our Jet Cetra podcast. Mike, you mentioned Paul Maurice in the first period and his um, line juggling, let's call it that, his blender, his infamous blender. Mm-hmm. Um, could I mean, he was changing lines each game, each period. Um, I, I, I'm not. I'm a fan of that once in a while, but right. in this instance, I think that, in my opinion, I'm not an NHL coach. Um, it would have been good to just stick with something to see if they could they could get something flowing uh in mark stifley's absence instead of chasing something it here's, just the, like it was here's chasing. the
1: contradiction a little bit to me after each game and before each game paul Maurice and the players were preaching patience we gotta be we gotta stick with the pros we yeah. have to believe that what we're doing is effective stick with our plan and yet yeah blending the lines like that, is that showing patience? Well, That's, man, that's I mean, panic, I mean, isn't they it?
0: went with Dubois between Scheifele and Connor to start that um, game, too. I'm not a fan or of Wheeler that. Oh, I was not a fan of that. I like Pierre-Luc Dubois with Nikolai Ehlers, by the way, um, mm-hmm. all the time, going forward then, forever now. But <laughs> 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 And then put Stastny, or some a cop between, or yeah. whatever, and then Stastny came back. But anyways, so, Paul Maurice... You know, there were some questions about his uh, job when the Jets were going through their extended losing streak. There at the end of the season, then it looked like you know because they swept the Oilers. Um, you know, people were talking about well, um, he saved his job. I, I first of all, I have no idea whether his job was on the line ever. Um, we're not privy to Mark Chipman's thinking or Kevin Chevalier's thinking on that, and they would never tip no. their hand on that or whatever. So. Got an interesting note, the only coach in NHL history who has won the Cup after being with the same team after seven years, his name was Jack Adams.
1: (laughs) Really? Yeah. they named the award after.
0: Yeah, coincidentally, they named the Coach of the Year uh, award after him. I think there was a division named after him. Now wait, didn't
1: John Cooper win, Tampa won
0: the Cup last year.
1: Hadn't John Cooper been with Tampa for point. Because John Cooper is the only coach that is more tenured than Paul Maurice.
0: Well, we'd have to check that. Yeah. So maybe, maybe, okay. So I think
1: Cooper's in his ninth season and probably one in should, his
0: eighth. We should start this uh, start this period all over. Yeah. I don't even know what I'm talking about, folks. So okay, but let's get to the point here. Um, to me, I think they're going to need some sort of change in leadership. Here. Yeah. And so because this was a colossal collapse. And and like they did a good job beating the Oilers. I kind of got fortunate, maybe. Do you know what I mean?
1: 950 save percentage by Connor Elmuck, as I wrote in my comments. That's a hell of a drug. Three overtimes.
0: So, and the Oilers (laughs) kind (laughs) of a little bit. So, um, anyways, um, do they need a change at the top? Do they need a change with the C? Do they need to make some sort of trade in their leadership core? What do they think they need? So I don't uh, have the answer to this, yeah. by the way. So Paul
1: Maurice has uh, two years left on his contract. So l- let me say this right off the hop: it would be very uh, untrue North like to tie the can to Paul Maurice and pay him for two more years of non-service and bring in someone else. Especially if you're gonna if you're gonna can Paul Maurice, you're not bringing someone in who has no experience, right? Like, in my opinion, in No, your, you're not promoting Pascal Vincent. No. Like, if you're going to, if you're going to fire Paul Maurice, you better be bringing in Gerard Gallant. Patrick Waugh. You like Patrick Waugh,
0: I, I do, I've always liked Patrick I Actually, thought, I hated the half. I thought Patrick Waugh might like be the Canadiens coach. coach if yeah.
1: Montreal got booted in the first round. <laughs> there was talk when it was 3-1 Toronto that Dominic Ducharme was potentially coaching his last game and
0: now he's, we got to have something to write about, folks. Yeah, um, George <laughs> Gallant,
1: of course, is available. Uh, he's actually interviewed with sure a few teams, Columbus, day. the Rangers. Yeah. He just led the uh, Canadians to a rather improbable gold medal. I guess. Yeah. Um, all right. Bruce Boudreaux. I mean, there's there's yeah. some big names, but you're going to have to pay for those guys. So, first of all, I don't think they're going to fire Paul Maurice. Maybe the leash has no, gotten a little not. shorter. Yeah. I think there's enough... There's enough built-in, I'll call them excuses, that they will use. They'll point to the Shifley suspension. They'll point to Dylan DeMello going down in the first 29 seconds of game one. Yeah, that didn't help. That I didn't did. help. No, no, not that they really got beat. That made their defensive
0: pairs juggle it too. Did. Whatever. It did. was... Suddenly Tucker disc- Pullman was yeah. back
1: on the top yeah. pair, and that doesn't work. We mm-hmm. know that. So I think there's enough. However, and I said this a year ago, Steve, like, I hate to pick on one guy... But Charlie Huddy, for example, has been here since Claude Noel was hired. Like, Charlie Huddy's an original hire. He wasn't brought in with Paul I The more I watch the Jets, and at times, and yes, it's a full five-man effort. It's not just on the blue liners. Whatever system the Jets employ at times to try and break the puck out of their own end, I mean, Montreal exposed it. How many times last night did the Jets struggle to even clear their zone? Um, I just wonder if Charlie Huddy, like, has that ship sailed? He was he was a great player in the 80s, very different hockey played back then. He's been here a decade. Like, is it time to maybe look at a change there? And you'll see that sometimes, teams will change the assistants before they change. And so I wonder if we could see a change, say, and, and if you're looking for one guy, it's not going to be Jamie Kompon. It's not going to be Dave Lowry. They're newer hires. They're Paul Maurice hires. Charlie Huddy's not a Paul Maurice guy.
0: And I just wonder if... I don't know that that does much, though. Right, that that- I exactly. Mean, I mean, their defense played a certain way based on the 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 skills it, of those sure. those folks. Do you know what I mean? Like, and, and frankly, the NHL is not... People go, well, they need some players that lug the puck out of their own zone. The NHL's not... I watch other teams. They, no, Not a lot of teams play that way. They no. tend to play the same way that the Jets play or whatever. They they get the puck to the forwards along the boards and then get it out, right? Do you know what I mean?
1: You know who, um, we talk about personnel. Like I think the Jets do need to address the blue line situation in this offseason. And maybe that means trading a core piece. Um, to me, Steve, like there's only a few defensemen that I look at in the league and think, man, that is the guy the Jets need. One of them is the guy we just saw in round one. I love Darnell Nurse. I think Darnell Nurse is the kind of defenseman you need. There's another, and Darnell Nurse isn't available, by the way, nor should he be. But there is a guy who is available that I love, and that's Seth Jones.
0: Yeah, but so Seth Jones is a 10-team no-trade list. You can bet everything you own that Winnipeg's on that list. Yeah. Everything. And see, this is the thing. Everybody was bitching and complaining about Kevin Sheffield not going out and getting a defenseman at the trade deadline. Right. We need to get a stud defenseman. We need to get a stud defenseman. How? Right. The only way the Winnipeg Jets are going to get a stud defenseman is that drafting one. Mm-hmm. It's the only way. They're not going to trade for one. They're not going to sign one a free agency. They're not coming here, folks. Right. Like, you can complain about it all you want, but... I, I, unless they make some sort of trade where you know the one that you had talked about last year where they sent kyle connor to colorado for yeah. this Bo and byram. byram byram is where that
1: bow and byram even fit into colorado
0: they're so good well, on exactly the blue line. yeah so he's like a he's, he's like a sixth defenseman there, something like that and frankly you know trading kyle connor i, I wouldn't be against that the guy did you he know, play in this series well he did i saw him make a couple of plays to the Montreal canadian Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Game uh, two and game three. Very yeah. costly blunders. The guy can score, but he's got some to finish. With. The, um,
1: yeah, I mean, you're right. And that's where, so. We so talk yeah, about, Seth Jones would be awesome. We talk about Maurice. Here's where I think Paul Maurice made a, a big error. And whether it would have changed game four, who knows. I just think the optics were bad. The Jets stunk in game three. Your season's now on the line. He goes back with the exact same lineup, including Jordy Benn, who's just a pure... Rent. Jordy Benn's not signing here. The guy's 30, journeyman. Yeah, you oh know God. what Jordy Benn brings. You got, you can't break the puck out of your end. You've got a guy like Billy Hänäla, who is supposed to be the future of this team. Potentially a future top pairing guy. How do you not at least put Billy Hänäla? Even if you lose, at least you lose with a guy that's going to be part of your team... And yet you go back, what's the definition of insanity? Like making the same mistake over and over again. I just don't understand why... So that's the
0: thing. So if Maurice is going to stay, this is the thing. He needs to change if he... You know, and he admitted he's stubborn, right? Yes. Do you know what I yeah. mean? And so I think there's times when the stubbornness gets in his way. Uh, listen, stubbornness gets in the way of anybody. Sure. If I'm stubborn, I'm getting in my own way, uh, for sure. And so any type of stubbornness is not a good thing in anybody, in my opinion. And so I think that he's going to need to... He, he's, he's potentially he's been criticized for his handling of the young players yep. and I think that there's something there and you know we'll get to the next period uh, I, I want to chat about his handling of Pierre-Luc Dubois right um, so anyways let's get to that folks in the next period <laughs> all right folks we're back for the third period of our Jet Cetera podcast um, just towards the end of the second period there Mike we were talking a little bit about the coach again uh, Paul Maurice and his handling of uh, young players. And I mentioned Pierre-Luc Dubois. This guy's become a target of Jets fans here. Um, Everything I see on Twitter, everything I see on social media, everything I see written in some of, including stuff that you've written and other people have written or whatever, is that the Jets lost because Pierre-Luc Dubois didn't step up. I mean, this just makes sense. This guy's 22 years old. He's the youngest player on the team. The people that needed to step up for this team were the guys who have been here for four or five years. Mm -hmm. They didn't. I don't understand why, you know, PLD should be expected to step up. So I'm not sure. Don't get me wrong. He has not played to his ability since he got here. He's had some flashes. And we don't know why. Some people are now speculating that he's maybe injured because he's not showing the jump in his stride that he had. He's a super talented player. I'm a... I was a big fan of that trade. Oh, me too. And I remain a fan of that trade. And so, but, I mean, you got to handle the guy properly if you're the coach, right? Yeah. John Tortorella didn't.
1: No, he didn't. I mean, Paul Maurice, I guess to his credit, unlike Tortorella, I'd say he didn't, you know, he used kid gloves in a way, at least publicly. We don't know what goes on behind the scene. Paul Maurice has never said really a negative word about pierre No, Le no. He's...
0: He's a big fan he is
1: and you know he said things like i wouldn't stop buying pierre luc dubois he's going to be a big you know jerseys yeah. and stuff like that so publicly he said all the right things um but this is a kid who clearly you know his confidence was shot i think by by the end of this season and probably nobody's happier to see this season end than pierre luc dubois and perhaps use the summer to just reset reset his mind reset his body uh, for those asking, by the way, because I got some emails today about, you know, who was hurt and stuff. The Jets are holding their garbage bag exit day on Wednesday, tomorrow, if, if uh, you're listening to this today on Tuesday. Uh, so we'll ask uh, who was hurt and sometimes we get answers, sometimes we don't. Some guys are too proud to admit that they're hurt. But we may find out tomorrow a little bit more about what guys were battling. Uh, yeah, they always
0: disclose it after the season. Sure,
1: they don't want it during the, when they're still playing, because they feel it could be a tactical. Uh,
0: okay, issue. so big picture, big picture question here, Mike. We're talking a lot about what you know, Paul Maurice didn't do, and what Pierre Luc Dubois didn't do, and what how uh, Mark Scheifele did this or didn't do that, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And the Jets collapsed, and oh my God. <laughs> so, but realistically, the Jets were one of the final eight teams right. in the NHL playoffs. For a franchise that is is what it is, where Seth Jones is not coming here uh, at all, Um, should fans be happy that the Jets at least made it to where they made it? Or I mean, there's an incredible amount of hand wringing um, over this team, and I think that you know expectations sometimes are are you know a a a, a, um, setup resentment and they set For up sure. disappointment or whatever so what do you think like did they i think they exceeded expectations the majority of they.
1: people that are now wringing those hands i bet you if you were to go back in time would find that they didn't even pick the jets to make the playoffs right so you're right they moved the goal posts during the year and now they're frustrated and angry uh because of those move goal posts but yeah i mean look this was a unique year in so many ways I I don't put necessarily a ton of stock and when we go back to talking about Maurice and I think another reason they're not going to tie the can to him now is they're going to just look at this as such a unique one-off year. They only played 56. They were all against the same six teams. They never played a, a road game in their own time zone. Like I just think there's enough that you'd say let's come back next year and let's see what we can do with this group with the but, same group right with some changes for sure
0: well yeah. from from within probably you're probably going to see dylan samberg and really maybe uh, david stanley. gustafson
1: stanley play a bigger role for sure
0: Cole Perfetti, uh, maybe Cole,
1: right so you know gustafson and Veselin and guys like that will be given a chance because yeah. there's some older guys matthew pro ufa paul stasny ufa Tucker Pullman. Um, so there's some. Nate make, Thompson. Right. There's Trevor guys, Lewis. Trevor Lewis. There's guys yeah. that are probably not going to be back. And so that should open the door for some of those kids. But um, I think you do have to, you know, Kevin Shovel Day off will, will certainly. I, I won't say he has a lot of money to work with this offseason because the Jets are a team that has spent to the cap. And I expect they'll continue to, to try and do so. It's a flat cap. I'll say this about Dubois, Steve. I mean, if you're looking for a silver lining, uh, he hasn't driven his next contract price up, which <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> when you're a team like the Jets and you're trying to keep a lot of pieces together, like...
0: So he's one more year at the he five, does, five, five and a half, half or But five his ago. next
1: contract that, you know, everybody's talking about what Patrick Laine's next contract would look like, uh, although he hasn't helped his price tag no. either with his playing Columbus. But, you know, Dubois kept his, his price down. Like, look, the guy finished the year... It's been over two calendar months since he scored. I think it'll now, it's 24, 25 games to end the year. Um, I still do think there's a, a real good player there. I'm certainly, I, I got emails today, Steve, saying, forget trading Dubois. I, I had one guy suggest the Jets should just release him. Right. <laughs> release him.
0: Right. Like just... There's a guy who was taken third overall, um, <laughs> who was coveted by just about every team in the league when he was right. on the market, who, you know, has... Tremendous pedigree. And, you know, came into a situation, a difficult situation, tried to find his way in this team as the youngest guy on the team, on a very veteran team. Maybe was trying to figure out who he is on this team, like what's his role on this team. And then, and then, and was never able to really find that. And so, um, yeah, the the, the man to hate on for him. I I guess he's always going to have that bullseye on him because though he was traded for Patrick Liney.
1: He is, although, again, when you see what Line has done, like, uh, I wouldn't say that the bar has been raised that high by Line's play, but for sure, I mean, this is a guy, Steve, who uh, two-week quarantined before he could even meet his teammates, then got hurt twice, and possibly a third time, because, you know, if he's battling something that he's been playing through, um, I just think it's hard to do a proper assessment. And the other thing I would say to critics of Pierre-Luc Dubois go back five six years now mark shifley's 28 go back and go watch some video of what mark shifley was at 22 and then what you now know mark shifley is well how about
0: nikolai ehlers he had never never scored in the playoffs trade him remember they were going to trade him for darnell nurse kyle connor
1: i believe was still playing for the manitoba moose when he was 22 right yeah, um, so we,
0: I, I'd give this kid a little bit more uh, rope. Yeah, for
1: sure. And, and uh, you know, I think there's still going to be a real good player there that'll help the Jets for years to come.
0: All right, folks, we're back for the overtime period of our Jet Setter podcast. There's been no etc. There's been no other sports. <laughs> it's been all Jets about the Jets getting swept by the Montreal We Probably I'll we'll talk about the Jets a little bit more when we have another one of these podcasts, which might be a few weeks. Uh, you're taking vacation next week. Next week, And yeah. then our producer, Jen, is taking a couple of weeks. We're going to take those two weeks off. So yeah. it might be a few. We should probably give this some air anyways. Yeah, right? I, could, I could roll in next week
1: if we wanted to. We can All right. talk about that. I'm not going anywhere. Okay,
0: we'll do one next week, and then we're going to take we'll two weeks take off. we'll probably two weeks off, yeah. Okay, just just so you folks know, right? Brace Next yourselves. week, we
1: can kind of come and just tie up some loose ends with the Jets. There will be loose send ends. Send them yes. into the Sun. There's a yeah. lot of
0: loose ends. So yeah. what are we going to do now, Mike? The hockey's over. Uh, what are we going to cover? What are we going to do this summer? We're going to take some vacation, that's we for sure. Are.
1: Uh, and, I mean, geez, if, if you're the Bombers, Steve, or the CFL in general, you had to be happy to see some of the sites. Like in Montreal, for example, 2,500 fans at, at Bell Center.
0: So they got to go ahead in Quebec, they got to go ahead in Alberta, they got to yep. go ahead in Saskatchewan um
1: they're waiting on Ontario Ontario
0: Manitoba and British Columbia
1: right but again we're only early June like we're still two months away from when they're targeting the start of a season presumably training camps they haven't set a date for camps yet have they
0: no but if 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 um, if they're gonna play at the beginning of August camps would need to start early you know July mid-Ju- well, mid well 10 to 15 of July type right th- mid July everything but players also need to know, and so they do have a target date of letting the players know whether they think they're going to go ahead or not of tomorrow, really this mm-hmm. week. Oh. and so I do. I have heard a little bit today that it looks like they're going to go ahead. Um, they're may, they, they're going to have some. They're continuing to target those dates, and so yeah, it looks like we're going to have some football. Well, and not, I would not have thought that a while back. No,
1: but I mean we're just just today for folks who have no credit
0: heard. goes to the league office by the no. way. No.
1: Uh, you know, Manitoba today, as dire as our situation has been, there was the premier saying that if you're double-dosed, you can travel immediately anywhere in Canada without I'm any I'm not sure I ever wanted to
0: be double-dosed, but I guess I do now. Yeah,
1: uh, I mean, it does, membership has its privileges. I think uh, there's a commercial that uh, for credit card <laughs> Probably, or something yeah. that used to say that. American Express. Yes. Is, yeah. Uh, But so like, there's an example of where we're at now as a society, and one would think, I guess, barring a fourth wave and variants kind of really going crazy over the next two months, you would think that, that we're certainly headed towards the ability to have not just a small number, but maybe a considerable number of fans in lots of these outdoor stadiums in two months from now, and what will be close to a full regular season? Well, well I
0: mean, there are capacity crowds in all of the rinks in America, right? I mean, so at some point we would reach the same type right. of situation, I would imagine, right? Do you know I mean? And so, um, and that doesn't seem that far away. So, yeah, I would imagine.
1: I have is- not seen, Stephen, maybe there's been studies done, I don't know. Um, of any of these major sporting events in the U.S., like being viewed as super spreader events like maybe i'm putting too much faith in government and health officials but to me if what's been happening to date was being found to be like a massive risk to the public i would think they'd be scaling them back instead we're seeing them ramp up right uh and these are in states again that have heavy vaccination numbers so I think there are safe ways to do it. We've now seen that, and so yeah, we we might have some CFL to cover here. I mean, are the Winnipeg Goldies potentially heading back to Winnipeg here for part of the summer? I wouldn't say no at this point. That would
0: be probably more problematic in that they're gonna have to, they would have to have teams or, crossing the border right where that the won't player. happen
1: in the CFL, of course. Right. The players who are in the states will come here, but they'll just come here once yeah. and stay here till the season is done. So. Yeah, I mean, we should have, um, certainly the sports department will slow down. That being said, not to bring the Jets back into it, this is going to be a bit shorter than usual off-season for the Jets. For one thing...
0: When is training camp again? Mid-September. Mid-September. So here we are
1: already in June, right? Usually the Jet, we're not still talking about the Jets playing hockey in June. This year we, we are. Season started late and ran late. Um, but there's a lot happening in the next month. Like... Once they award the cup in early July, within a couple of weeks, we get the expansion draft. The Jets are gonna lose somebody. We get free agency. We mentioned all those UFAs. I mean, maybe the Jets sign some of them, maybe they don't. There's the draft, which is gonna be held virtually. There is free agency, so the Jets, if you know, they, if they're not signing their own guys, they're probably going to sign some other guys. So there should be enough news here to uh, to. And there's
0: lots of soccer. So are you a soccer fan, Mike?
1: I am not a soccer. So
0: fan. Euro twenty twenty is being played in twenty twenty one. It starts Friday right. this week, and then it was announced on the weekend. We had it, it in our paper on the weekend, and then it was officially announced on Saturday that the CPL. Will be starting its season um, in a bubble here right. in Winnipeg at IG Field. Yeah, all eight teams are coming. No now, fans to start. No fans to start. So there's going to be a, a whack of soccer right. over the next uh, four weeks, and so yeah, I'm not a I'm not a soccer fan. So, but there's been part of me over the years of being a sports editor and just as being a sports fan that has always kind of felt like I'm missing something yeah. when it comes to soccer. I mean. Everybody seems to like it. There's a lot of people in the world watching it. Sure. <laughs> it's very popular, Mike. I it hear. is, I hear, yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they call it the beautiful game. And apparently, it's a beautiful game to watch. And so, I've never taken the time to appreciate it. I can admit that I have never taken yeah. the time to appreciate it. So, what I thought I would do is I'm going to do that. Now, I was going to cheer for Ireland in the Euro mm-hmm. 2020. Well, so they're not in it. Like, I was... <laughs> Disappointed to hear that. Apparently, they're not very good. But did you know? I did not know this. What's the number one soccer team in the world? You know, number one, rank. Brazil. Well, I would have guessed that too. So England? No, probably not England. No. Germany? I would have guessed that maybe too. Yeah. Belgium. Really? I know Belgium. So yeah, John Kendall was in my office here yesterday. He goes, I was trying to figure out a, a team to cheer for. Yeah. He, he goes, well, cheer for. The, why don't you? Cheer? Our boss, Paul Simon, is. Belgium? Uh, yeah. uh, how did, what is Flemish? Is that what it's called? <laughs> I, don't know. I don't even know. Belgish? Belgish. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, apparently Belgium is the number one oh. soccer team. Yeah, they're the number one ranked team. So maybe we should cheer for Belgium. I'm, anyway, I want to
1: cheer for an underdog.
0: Well, yeah, for sure, right?
1: Yeah. So, Who's like the least ranked? I
0: have no clue, Mike. Oh. I don't even know anything about yeah. it. Like so, I'm gonna do a little investigation. So I, on our paper on Friday. Our cracks, we have an excellent, what I do know is that we have an excellent soccer columnist. His name is Jerry Peters. Peters. Yep. Very highly regarded. Writes beautifully, by mm-hmm. the way. And Beautiful he's, game, but beautiful, beautiful writer. Guy. He is. He's got a very, very talented uh, uh, writer. And he'll have a full preview of Euro 2020 in our paper on Friday. He's filed it today. I'm going to I'm read it. Sure.
1: <laughs> and, <laughs> As a sports editor, I would think that that's a, that's a good thing.
0: And I've skimmed a few things in my day. Um but uh, I'm gonna read it, I'm gonna find out what's going on. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, maybe I'll watch it. Sink your teeth TV. into yeah, it. That's okay. So uh it's one th- on TV though, eh? One thing
1: yeah, one yeah, thing TV. I am a big fan of, Steve, that we also have this summer is the Olympics.
0: Oh yeah, I right, love, yeah.
1: I mean those start beginning of August, I believe.
0: Oh yeah, we got that too. We got so, some Manitobins. Right? right,
1: there's yeah. some Manitobins, but I mean I just love to just watch the I mean I love both Olympics, summer and winter. Uh but I love track. Like I, I I will watch every track and field event. Okay, maybe not the javelin, but I love all the sprints and you know that's that's How about great. The hammer stuff. throw and, and swimming. I How love about watch- the hammer throw. Yeah, I like the hammer I like throw. The hammer throw. I used to do, do the, the hammer, hammer throw when throwing? I was like in high school,
0: yeah. <laughs> um,
1: but I love swimming. I love Racing, you know, running, and so I, yeah, that that's a good made-for-TV event. I think it'll be because of the time difference. Like a lot of the stuff will be in the middle of the night, but I'm a night hawk, so that works for me. So, yeah, we should have our uh, our fill, uh, even with the uh, the Jets kind of. All right, it'll
0: give us something to talk about on this little podcast thing that we're going. So next time you hear from us, it'll be episode sixty-eight. That'll be next week. I have no no idea who number sixty-eight is. I was just
1: going to you know number sixty-eight. No, Me I don't either. think the Jets have ever had a 68. You're usually given
0: the football numbers. So. I ain't even a bomber. I can't think of a bomber 68, but there's got to be somebody. Right. Anyways, we're just babbling on now, folks, so we should <laughs> probably go. I'm hungry. It's lunchtime. It's 1.04 p.m. on this Tuesday afternoon. Mike, um,
1: hopefully we got this one in the can, finally. It was a I long time coming. I think we
0: did. So Perfect. we'll talk to you folks next week. We'll give you all the scoop on what the Jets had to say in their
1: interviews. Take care, folks. Thank mm-hmm. you.